Hey friend, Mike McCurry here with Bible Tract Echoes. Thank you so much for listening today. Have you ever heard that, what we call it a little kid song, but it has some great doctrine to it. That song, he's got the whole world in his hands. Well, that's where we're going to take our theme from today. And really all this week, that could have been the title. We began this week by looking at a character of the Bible named Thomas. We call him Doubting Thomas, and he wanted to see something in his hands, in Jesus's hands. He wanted to see those nail prints, didn't he? Well, today we're going to look at one or two final items that are in God's hands. We've talked about the fact that all the saved folks in the world, each person that knows Christ as his or her Savior, they're in his hands. We've talked about the fact that presidents and principalities of this world, great power is in his hands. We've talked about the fact that there's pity, there's mercy, the present and forever, they're in his hands. But let's talk today about one more item, if you'll allow me. Find in your Bibles the book of Matthew, the first gospel of the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, first book of the New Testament, the book of Matthew, chapter number 10. And we'll begin Matthew 10 and verse number 29. I want you to stick around till the end of this broadcast because I've got something that I want to invite you to. So don't go anywhere too quickly, all right? Matthew chapter 10 and verse number 29. The Bible says this, Are not two sparrows sold for a farthing? And one of them shall not fall on the ground without your father. We've talked this week about many items of great significance that are in God's hands. We've mentioned, as I already said, that the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. And we think of the palaces and the White House and these amazing edifices of man's magnificence and how the residents, the kings, and the emperors of this world are in his hands. But can I tell you, friend, on the other side of the spectrum, the puny, the paltry, and the poor are in his hands. He, God Almighty, the creator of the world, the creator of time itself, he, as a result of this verse, we know, he takes note of the smallest and to our minds the most insignificant parts of our world and our life. And he knows them personally. A sparrow, now, we don't know precisely what a farthing was worth in this time, in the Bible time, the context within which it was written. But I can tell you, just by the context clues and by just a little bit of historical study, that a farthing was not some great, amazing unit of measurement, okay? It wasn't even like a $100 bill. It wasn't like a, a Bitcoin these days or any of those type of things. No, friend, it was a very small unit of measurement, barely worth anything, two sparrows, sold for one farthing, and yet one of them shall not fall on the ground without your father. Have you ever noticed the hurt in someone else's eyes? I was knocking on doors with my wife, actually. It's been a little while since my wife and I got to go out soul winning, got to go out door knocking, inviting people to church. And we knocked on multiple doors, got to talk to a young man named Isaac. 
Now, right now, I'm in the, in the neighborhood of Kansas, thereabouts, and we were out in the Topeka area knocking on doors and talked to a young man named Isaac, and he had an 18-month-old son, got to invite him to church, and he works every other Sunday, but he's hoping to be there this coming Sunday. I'm looking forward to that and praying that he'll come and got to talk to him, but there were others we talked to as well. A woman came to the door. Her eyes were red and puffy. Could tell that there was something, something amiss. And I knew it probably wasn't the time to beat down her door about salvation, about all those things and inviting her to church. I said, hello, ma'am. How are you? And I said it somewhat similar to that. I didn't say, hey, ma'am, how are you doing? It's kind of cliche. It's kind of a throwaway comment normally, isn't it? But I've learned if you slow down and you look someone directly in the eye and you say, hello, how are you? Now, in the wrong setting, that could come across as a little creepy, probably, but in this circumstance, she took it the way it was meant. And she said, right now probably isn't a good time. I don't know what was going on in her life. Honestly, the only thing I'm kicking myself for right now, I should have said, ma'am, I don't want to pry, I don't want to push. Would you mind if I just have a quick word of prayer? I have no idea what's going on. I could tell there was something wrong. I should have had a word of prayer with her. And I've learned my lesson. Next time, I'm not going to let the opportunity go by. But I said, ma'am, not an issue whatsoever. I said, we're just out in the neighborhood from a church. I just want to let you know that you have a friend at this church. And I passed her an invitation. I said, you reach out anytime if we can be a help to you. And then I walked away. I wasn't pushy. I wasn't in her face about it. I said, ma'am, there's people here that love you. And they will pray for you if you'd allow them. They'll be a friend to you. And then my wife and I, we walked away. Friend, has no one recognized the hurt in your eyes today? Have you ever felt the pain of loneliness? Can I tell you that if no one else noticed the hurt in your eyes, God did. If no one else realized that you looked a little lonely today, God did. Has no one offered an encouraging word to you this week when you needed it most? Oh, God can and he will. Has no one seemed to understand that addiction that has its chains wrapped around you that you can't seem to get rid of? Can I tell you, God can and will help with that. No one relates to you, you say? God does. No one makes an effort to love you? Oh, God does. I know a God that took a whip, a crown of thorns, that took ridicule, nakedness, and shame. A God that took an exceedingly painful death on the cross for one purpose. The Bible says to commend or to prove his love towards you in that while you and I were yet sinners, Christ died for us. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life life. He loves you. As small in the world's eyes as you may feel or seem, his hands will care for you. You see the puny, the paltry, the poor, you're in his hands. Where are God's hands in the world that we live? Can I tell you, Christian, here's the application of this entire week of broadcasts. God's hands in this world are your hands. So the question is, are you going to make an impact on this world? 
Or do you expect God to reach down and write on the wall to get your attention? Do you expect him to, to, to run you like a, like a ventriloquist does and put his hands uh, up, up inside you and move your hands the way that they need to be moved? Or can you follow the scriptures and maybe just use those eyeballs and see hurt and see the loneliness that nobody else does and be God's hands in this world? Friend, he was kind enough to give us far more than writing on the wall. He gave us a whole book. Let me encourage you. Let me implore you. Let me exhort you. Be God's hands. I'm going to share one last thing with you today before I give you an invitation. It's one of my favorite passages. I wouldn't even call it a passage. It's just a little bit of a write-up, a little bit of a little prose that I guess I wrote some time ago. And it's meant a lot to me. And I hope it's a blessing to you as I kind of give it to you, recite it as I deliver it to you once again. You, if you've been a long-time listener to this program, you've heard it before, but it's about God's hands. I, I think back to my childhood when my brothers and I, when we were little boys, we'd arm wrestle with my dad. We could never take him one-on-one, and until we were teenagers, we could never take him, all three of us together. My dad was too strong. He was a military man, an army man, physical training and all that. But I think about the vast disparity between my strength and my dad's strength and my hands and my dad's hands, especially from a child to an adult. And then I think about how crazy of a difference it is from our strength to God's strength even now. Let me share this with you. We don't understand the power difference. This is God's hands, A to Z. When I'm about to quit... He reaches down as Abba, Father. When I forget to count my blessings and my hands start to blister and to break from the burden, I think about the blessed hope, breaking through the clouds with an outstretched hand. When I get crushed under circumstances, I have to remember the chief shepherd and his caring hands. When I think I might as well die, the delivering hand of Christ shows up. When I get emotional, the hand of El Shaddai, God Almighty, is right there. When I think it's impossible, the hand of I Am shows up. When I judge myself for my past, the judge himself says, I don't remember them anymore. When I think I'm just about to keel over, the King of Kings is on his way. When my hand is limited, I remember that he didn't even need his hands to say, let there be light. When I'm meek and lowly, he is mighty and powerful. When I'm not enough, I think about the name that is above every name and his nail-scarred hands that Thomas was looking for. When it seems that I'm the only one serving God, our Father, oh, he says, this looks like an opportunity for my glory. When I'm persecuted, the Prince of Peace is always passing by. When I want to quit, the Bible says that the very mountains quake at his presence. When I'm reeling, he is a refuge. When I'm restless, he is a rock. When I'm not satisfied, my shepherd leads me to shady green pastures. When I get tired and run out of talent in these hands, he's timeless and true. When I'm under my circumstances, the undisputed champion of the universe lifts me up. When I feel like a victim... I remember I've been grafted by his hands into the vine. When my hands are weak, I'm reminded that he literally carved his words into tablets of stone with his hands. When I'm overextended and almost expired and I'm exhausted, 
the exalted and excellent hand of God is right on time. Your life may seem hard, but your heavenly Father is reaching out his hand, and when you can't find your zeal, remember that Zion is on the other shore. Let me tell you about his hands. Let me tell you, friend, you have the opportunity, the privilege, the honor to be his hands in this world. Let me encourage you, if I may, in closing, to invite you to come to our grand opening in Odell, Illinois, on Saturday, October 1st. I'd love for you to put your hands on the paper and ink that we ship out around the world in the form of gospel tracts. We ship out millions of them every year. I'd love for you to see what God is doing through Bible Tracks Incorporated and our weak hands. Oh, he lifts them up and uses them in an amazing way. Thank you so much for listening today. My prayer is that you have a great day for his glory. Join us next week on Bible Tracked Echoes. God bless. Thank you for joining us today for Bible Tracked Echoes, a ministry of Bible Tracks Incorporated. If you would like to receive a free sample booklet of all of our tracks, you can contact us by calling 309-828-6888. That's 309-828-6888. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 130, Dwight, Illinois, 60420. A faster way to contact us is to go to our website at BibleTracksInc.org. That's BibleTracksInc.org. There you will find more information about our ministry and details on how you can support Bible Tracks Incorporated. Thanks for listening, and may the Lord richly bless you as you serve Him.